listening from Bass Hole Studios in Hollywood, California. Yo, what time is it? You're listening to I'm a Bass Hole with Doug Bass. We've all been one. He's an asshole. So let's laugh about it. Now, here's your host, Doug Bass. Hey everyone, welcome to I'm a Bass Hole. My name's Doug Bass. This is the podcast where we have guests come on and they talk about a time that they were an asshole. That's right. You know it. You love it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Uh, don't forget the YouTube channel at uh, Doug Bass Comedy where you can get the full video experience of the podcast. Um, we got a good show today. We have our uh, guest today is comedian, producer, Kita Mascaro. We have him here. We're going to talk about our bourbon room shows coming up. Kita, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm oh, sorry. I just forgot to unmute you. How are you? There you go. <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm Actually, good. I'm not great. I'm like fucking nervous as hell. You're nervous what? Being on the podcast? No. Oh, no. no. <laughs> it's fucking ticket, ticket sales. You're no, nervous about the show. Okay, yes, yes, yes. So uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Kita, uh, Kita is uh, my co-producing partner on um, our upcoming Bourbon Room uh, comedy show uh, night where we have uh, Wax Poetics, which is a regular stand-up comedy show, traditional style, uh, starting off the night. And then followed by uh, this show, I'm a Basshole uh, with Doug Bass, which the live stage show version that we're going to do. Uh, and we're doing it for the first time at the Bourbon Room Hollywood. So, yeah, we both uh, are nervous about doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, we're going to. We're, we're kind of like, what did we get ourselves into? Almost, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. probably going to be homeless in a couple of weeks. Oh, no, no. Don't say that. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, this is the town to be homeless in if we're going to be homeless. I mean, it's we're going into the right season for that. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Summer's here and it'll be fine. I mean, we should just save enough in the budget for a tent. Uh, <laughs> but we'll go on big enough. That way we can just be roommates at that point. Um, uh, well, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, this is the first time you're coming on the podcast. Um, yeah, this is where, you know, we have people come on and they talk about a time that they were an asshole. Uh, we can get into that in a little bit. Um, so, uh, you are a stand-up comedian. Uh, you yeah. are also a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, what else would you label yourself as? as I mainly uh, say producer. Producer? Because, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I do a million things. Right. I'm like, kind of, you know, I mean, I, I do everything from photography. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, photography. Yeah, I, yeah, I shoot right, a yeah. lot of photography. I do a lot of. Uh, I shoot a lot of video. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I produce films. Um, what else do I do? Everything. Yeah, you I do. mean, you know, I'm kinda, on stage you, a lot. Yeah, you're kind of like you know, we're very similar in that, yeah. and that's why I think you know, obviously, we're working well together. Um, yeah, like I like to do a little bit of everything. I like to do stand up, produce, direct shoot things here and there you know so yeah. it's like kind of like you don't know you dip your hands in all the little you know baskets and it's like all right you get a taste of everything you know i like that i'm trying to lead my life i was thinking about this the other day when i when i croak mm. i i want to live a life where when i die people cannot label yeah. who i was when i was alive i like that like, I like that's that. <laughs> yeah i mean i think for most people that is super unideal but for me it's I love this idea of just being undefinable, you know, and like, I don't mean that in an ego way. I mean, no, it just no, but like, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting way to put it, because like if, if someone who has to write your obituary, it's like, well, he did this, he did that. It's like, 
it can only be this long. Like, what do we admit? Like, you know, like he did, he did everything, you know, like he loved animals. He did this, he did that, you know, so it's almost like, yeah, yeah. make that obituary long. So people have to read it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the, you know, I, I'm, I'm dyslexic and I've got some ADD and, or ADHD or whatever. And, a ton of other problems. And I, for me, it just makes sense having this lifestyle, even though it's really difficult yeah. and at times, and it can be really stressful. Right. When I was a kid, I remember, I don't know who asked me, but, or if it was like a thing I saw on TV, but there was, I remember a prompt. It was like, do you want to have a happy life or an interesting life? Yeah. If you had to choose between the two, one or the other. Yeah. And I was like, by without a doubt, Interesting, interesting life. Yeah. I wanted an interesting life. Can interesting lead to happy? Sure. Right? I think so. Yeah. 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 But interesting. I mean, a happy life to me is kind of like, well, it's easy to be happy. You is know it, what I mean? Is it easy to happy? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it can be, I think, at times. But then, you know, everyone goes through their 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 spurts of ups and downs, I would say, in the, the roller coaster of life, right? Yeah. I mean, I could have taken a a traditional thing and gone right. the traditional track, and I suppose traditional you, job you grind yeah. it out yeah. for moments of general happiness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, but I think what we do, I've always liked chasing stuff. Like I was obsessed with pirates when I was a kid, yeah. and American Indians. You okay. know, and and I just love this idea of just the West, right? You know, just running and 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 doing you know doing my own thing, right? Um, chasing things and, and building things. And that's always been my drive. That's, the, I mean, that's, that's the way to do it, I think, because it's like, I don't, yeah, everyone could get a traditional job and just kind of like, you know, go through the motions or whatever. But I feel like I know some people that, that have that world and they're always like, oh, it's so interesting what you're doing. You know, you're doing this and that. And, you know, you got all these different jobs or like, you know, things you're producing or whatever, you know. Yeah. But there's a real cost for that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're always there's a real you're, you're cost. Always for that. going. It's um, you never know where the next paycheck's coming. Sometimes you know it's you're always chasing something. You're nonstop working seven days a week. You yeah, know? and it's like it is kind of it does get tiring after a while. And you know, sometimes sometimes I'm like, uh, yeah, I, you know, I gotta slow down doing this or yeah, or like the simpler, you know, like maybe I should just do this, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's times where I have self-doubt of doing what I'm doing, you know. But then I'm like, ah, but but I feel like I have to. It's, it's, it's what I want to do, you know. I think here's a couple other metaphors. I always wanted to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. If I had to choose between watching the movie and being in the movie, I wanted to be in the movie. Yeah, me too. You at, know? at an age, yeah. And now I, I feel like I could, I could totally just be behind the camera now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But, you know, in, in the same with this, I mean – most of my friends, especially my old friends, yeah. are just like, dude, you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Your life is so crazy, right? Right. And they, like, they love it. Yeah. But they would be, they would much rather spend $65 and go to the show. Yeah. They, you know, what I mean? as interesting as they think it is, to right. them, their value is basic happiness. Right. They prefer that. No, I get to the that. cost of what we're doing. And yeah. like where I, I don't want to sit in a fucking show. I want to produce the goddamn show. I want right. to be in the show. But the problem is our ticket mm-hmm. is not $65. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not going to disclose it on air, but it's way fucking bigger than $65. Right, right. That we have to 
we're accountable for, right? right? right and that's exactly. and most people, I mean, that kind of keeps the the figure keeps me up at night, but it would it would destroy most of my friends. They yeah. wouldn't want the they they wouldn't want that level of risk. But well, to I, me, yeah, it's yeah. it's you know I, I like I, the rush. I, I'm kind of like you know you might as well take a chance. Like you know you're out you're out here in L.A. Hollywood, you know, doing doing the thing, you know, producing, schlepping around, doing this that, and I don't know. For me, I'm like I will take chances here and there because it's like, you know what, I'm here, I'm doing it. You know, like I may not be here in ten years doing it. So why not try it now and, you know, and not have a regret and being like, oh, look, it worked out or, you know, whatever. I'm glad I did it, you know, um, as opposed to not taking the chance and then living somewhere else with a happy life. Have you seen? <laughs> yeah. And that's and not only, knowing, not look, knowing the outcome of whatever you thought you might want to do, you know. And let's be real about this. The happy life is for we were lucky enough to be born in this country. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? Very lucky. I mean. And if you watch that, there I saw a clip the other day, Neil uh, deGrasse Tyson, mm. I think I'm saying his name wrong, he was talking about the probability of being born to begin with right. on the planet, like regardless of where you're born, yeah, the odds are like like one in a trillion that you, you'd even turn into an egg that gets birthed. Oh, that's interesting. That's deep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. to me, this and I'm not saying this to make anybody feel bad about their where they set the bar for life. Right. But the way I look at it, it's like the fact that you were born in the first place, I can't imagine not wanting to just be the biggest, best version of what I can be. To me, would be a complete uh thumb in the air uh, to, to however this came to be. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? That is interesting. Yeah. Cause like if you, yeah, the fact of the, that percentage of you actually being born and then, I mean, obviously you're not going to know if you weren't born, you know, no. because you don't exist, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, like what's, what's, it's almost like, all right, that, that, that sperm and that egg made you, you yeah. know? So it's like, what about the, 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 the thousands of other sperms that, got denied you know and some and, and look it's like who are those people <laughs> we're, we're not all look we're not all equal and i know that i mean we're equal in certain realms but it's like you know some people they can't you know people's i, I don't know i'm digging myself into a hole but it's like yeah i'm having my basshole <laughs> moment now um not everybody's capable of doing everything no, you know i no. can't play basketball so no, i'm not no, i wasn't born I'm to be not, a basketball I'm not player. an athletic person at all no <laughs> So, but it's like, you know, I want to live to my potential. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And to me, it's like, yeah, my potential isn't going the, the well-heeled, well-troughed uh, path, right, you know? Right, yeah. Although I would, many would argue, including me on certain days, that I'm also not good at what I do. <laughs> so I, it's, no, there's days I doubt every day what, what I'm doing. Like comedy? Like why? Why am I still doing this? You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah. Like, or I, producing you know. or, you know, even this podcast. I'm like, all right, let's do another episode. Um, you know, so but it's, you know, it's fun. It's like as long as you're having fun doing it and it's always different. And yeah, there's stress levels that come with any kind of uh, venture or, you know... Uh, challenge that you put before yourself um but you gotta you gotta tackle it you know and i think that's what we're doing with the show that we're producing you know and and, and we're having the time of our lives it's great it's great I mean, it's a, it's super yeah it's super fun um you know I, I i've been producing all kinds of shows for 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 years now and you know this one basshole is definitely one that i believe in um and 
you know, just trying to bring it to the, the, the grander next level is, you know, a challenge in itself. Um, and, you know, I'm glad I'm glad that we were able to team up and, and, and do this. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're going to have a blast with it. And uh, for anyone that is listening uh, here in the Los Angeles, Hollywood area, uh, the show is June 6th. Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, June 6th uh, at the Bourbon Room, Hollywood. Uh, the first show is Wax Poetics. Uh, that starts at 7 p.m. Um, and then followed by uh, I'm a Basil uh, at 9 p.m. So uh, they can get tickets on um, on, on Kita's link tree. Um, well, I made a link tree. It's, a, it's link uh, tree, yeah. I think it's Kita Mascaro Comedy, like linktree forward dot com forward slash Kita Mascaro Comedy. Yeah. For some reason, that's the that's handle, it. and the and the and the link is on all of our social medias: the Basshole Show, Doug Bass Comedy, Kita mm-hmm. Mascaro. Um and wax poetic and, 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 wax poetic and uh, the bourbon room uh, website which is bourbonroom.com I believe right yeah and the thing that's uh, bourbon room Hollywood bourbonroom I made the mistake of not putting that right in some of the posts bourbonroomhollywood.com um, and what's so amazing about it it's it's Linktree and yeah. what's so fucking cool about this technology and the scan you know the scan technology which we've used for yeah. the the QR codes. Now you can just scan it. The link tree pops up and every link to every comic that's going to be performing is on there. So if you don't yeah. know, this is the thing that's really blows my mind. I'm Who do we have on the show, by the way? Do we want to do? We, oh, my God. Do, do, we've you got, do you want to go through? Uh, yeah. Some of the list that take we us 10 minutes. Right. Um, well, our headliners are big names are Eliza uh, Schlesinger and um, uh, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. Uh, we got uh, Eddie Pepitone. Alonzo Bowden. Bowden. We have uh, Steph Tolev. Yep. We've uh, got Shang. Shang. And, uh, uh, Dean Del Rey. Dean Del Rey, yeah. Uh, Mike Binder. Mike Binder. Who the younger people wouldn't necessarily know from stand-up, but he was the one that produced the amazing Showtime docuseries right. on the Comedy he's, he's Store, a, which is sick. Filmmaker. Yeah. sick. Yeah. Jimmy Shin is on the lineup. Um yeah, we got a great lineup. So if anyone is uh, interested in coming to the show, did we say Eddie Pepitone? Eddie Pepitone, yep, yeah, I said him. It's worth um, saying. And again. and and everyone should know that uh, there uh, a portion of the ticket sales uh, will be going to two different charities uh, for this night. Uh, Stand up for Pits uh, is the first charity, and Sharing Love with Others is the second charity. So if you guys buy a ticket, uh, the money will be going to a good cause as well. So. That's why you guys not all the money, not all the money. Come on. Two bucks per ticket goes one buck to each charity. Plus we're getting the word out. Plus we're also, uh, we're selling, there's two booths that we can sell. Right. The half the proceeds for the booths are going to go to the charities. Exactly. We're also giving a ton of away, a, a ton of tickets away to both. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a good cause. And, yeah. You know, you know, that money will definitely help those guys out. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a super fun night. Uh, once we get there and we have all the work out of the way, that's when the fun starts. I think, you know, uh, I mean, even though we're having fun pre-producing right now, you know, (laughs) all right. To to talk about the fun, one of the things we've been doing, which is so fun, but so interesting. Yeah. See you and I, I, Doug and I are for whoever's listening, we're in we're, not many people, but we're, we're literally <laughs> out every most night. Most of the people are in most, Germany listening. So oh, really? I don't think they'll be coming. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, at, we're out every night of the week. Yeah. 
Pretty much. Yeah. I'm out taping all the time. We're performing a lot. Mm -hmm. You're out at the improv a lot. Right. And what's funny is that there's this perception that like everybody knows every comic, right? At least that's my perception is like everybody's going to go ape shit over every single comic on the lineup. Right. So then we hit. So we've been doing a lot of barking lately, mm-hmm. and we're barking at the Fairfax Flea, the Melrose oh Trading Post, which is this amazing thing on Sundays. Yeah. And it is astonishing to me how many people don't know so many comics. There's a lot of people that don't know a lot. I mean, unless that's your world or you're like you are, uh, you know, an avid fan of comedy or obsessed with it, like you're not going to know a lot of the people. A lot, you know a, lot, they know? a lot of people will see a clip and be like, "Oh, this person's funny," but then they don't know the name. They you know, know clips. They know that's clips. the thing yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Is they know clips, but they don't necessarily know the comic. They don't know and the comic unless like the comic is like a, you know, a huge star or has a Netflix special or you know, it was on a, a TV show or a movie. You know, I don't know. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know? And then it's like, and like, again, unless they are following their career or they're an avid fan of, of comedy, you know? I, I would say it's changed the way I've thought about posting videos from mm. now on. Any video I post of myself, I'm going to have my name. Oh yeah. Because no comics post their name. Their name is in the little, you know, like their Instagram page, Instagram, but yeah. it's not a, a lower third you know, well, usually because the captions are, they put the captions over there. So either I think you'd have to put the name either up top. You or, have to put it at the top yeah, or something like that. But yeah, that's a good point. And yeah. the problem is most comics don't, uh, they're editing through like we're, we we're filmmakers. We edit through premiere pro. Most right. comics are using a phone app, phone app, yeah. which doesn't allow you probably to put like something, but it makes me wonder like it, it would, if it would make a difference if you had the name, your name, at the top of your clips so that way yeah. when people are watching yeah. a viral clip and they're like oh and they're looking at your name um yeah but could. and what's so amazing like so fairfax flea we started going there to bark and the reason why is because it's it's a good it, it's a bunch of people between uh, yeah. 20s to 50s right they're all there uh shopping for useless stuff um <laughs> wandering around on a sunday <laughs> It's a nice place to take a walk. Like, you yeah. know, if you just want to, like, people watch and look at people selling stuff. And then you end up buying something sometimes, you know? Totally. And, but the thing is, um, what was my, I lost an, my It's an engaging place. It is. But the thing that's so weird about it is, is the, all these young people. And I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll go up and say, Hey, are you in a comedy? Which right. is like a that's what I did fucking too. stupid thing yeah. to ask. But it's funny because unless it's always gets them to stop. Right. Then it sets up the next question is like, okay, who on this, who, who, who on these lineups on the flyers that we're carrying like around or, do yeah. you like? Recognize, yeah. Most people know Tom Arnold. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, which is surprising to me because he's older. He's older than me. Well, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like my parents love Tom Arnold. So, like, when they knew, like, I was doing a show with them or whatever, they'd be like, oh, that's awesome. You know, Tom Arnold, you know. Because they all watched Roseanne, they all watched yeah. like Nine Months, True Lie, you know all the movies that he was in, you know, growing up or whatever. So, but yeah, younger people. But then I don't they know don't what... know Eliza Schlesinger. Girls, they'll know Tom no. Arnold, but don't know Eliza. And I'm like, how do you not know who Eliza is? Don't forget, Tom Arnold also had. I mean, this is obviously old news, but like you know, his marriage to Roseanne was a huge social, yeah, uh, boost for his career. You know, I mean, I would say, you know. Um, so a lot of people know that kind of thing, you know. I mean, I don't know. 
I mean, you know, any kind of publicity is good publicity, they say, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it was yeah. just interesting who, know. you know, taking a, a like a non, uh, I'm like casually taking a poll in my head. Like when people, when I ask, it's really good. Right. And I always, and you know what I'm starting to do now is because, you know, obviously we're going to be doing future shows. Right. I ask people who are, who are their comics that they really love. Right. And half the times the people I've never even heard of. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them are influencer comics. They're not oh, yeah. well, that's, comedy that's comics. A new, that's a new thing. There's a whole it's influencer. really interesting. It's like a TikTok or Instagram person, and they start doing stand-up. And it's like a reality show, and they're like, oh, I can perform on a stage. And yeah. they start developing their, their act from that, you know? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's changed a lot. It's, it's, you know, there's a lot of different variables that go into it now. It's a, and then the club is like, a club is like excited because they can sell it out because they have all these you know, social media followers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting time. And there's a lot of interesting debate around. I was just having this with an old comic yesterday, yeah. this debate about like the, the, the range between the, on one extreme, the Instagram influencer comic, quote yeah. unquote, right. to, you know, someone like Dean Del Rey, who's like just a writing monster. Yeah. Who's yeah, yeah. just like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like Dean, I've told him this before, you know, it's like, I've, he could have, He'll have the same set whether it's a thousand people or he's alone in an elevator. Right. You right. know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, the same yeah. set because he's such a crazy he's, he's wordsmith. Yeah. yeah. No, you it's, know? It's, it's, it's an interesting time because then there's also the storytelling factor that goes into a lot of stand up comedy now, too, yeah. which is, you know, what I try to do with my show is, is mesh the two of them where it's stand up and then, you know, storytelling. Um, and a lot of people like that because, you know, people love a good story and it's, it's you know, traditional stand-up sometimes you don't have the time to get into a longer story because you only got five minutes or seven minutes or whatever yeah so you know it's it's it's, it's an interesting way to like kind of combine the two worlds i would say you know but yeah it's um you know you never you never know you never know what the next kind of thing is going to be as far as it's, it's all about social media you know oh this person's got a following they can sell out a room instantly they've never been on stage you know i've 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 i've, I've been at the improv for working there and seen some shows this person has a huge podcast. They have a following. They've never been on stage performing live, but they're going to do an hour at, at a sold-out show at the Improv. And it's like, oh, okay, wow, all right, go ahead. You know, <laughs> and, 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 that, and they're booked, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. But they don't care because it's sold out. And it's like, all right. Well, it's also interesting because a lot of those, you know, they're just, they, actually I've seen it where it's like they have a huge following, but no one comes to see them mm. live. Yeah, yeah. Or they have a huge following and they're awful. Right, right. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Because they don't there's a difference between making a, a TikTok Instagram video, video and, and versus talking for thirty minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like that's sure. a real art form. And they're in you know, it's I'm not saying people can't do it. I think there's I think ten minutes is kind of the limit. If yeah. you're just doing off the cuff crowd work and it's the same thing as like you know turning that snl sketch into a, a, a 90 minute uh feature film that doesn't need to be made or whatever you know yeah you know, like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like do you want to watch two hours worth of this or do you want to watch three minutes of it you know yeah i don't think there i mean i have not seen it and i tape shows i probably tape 30 shows a week yeah yeah, or 30 you, sets a week. You you are, yeah, you you are like the go-to guy for that. Like, I, I mean, you, you watch a lot of people perform. Oh, that's like, all I know. do is watch yeah. people for, perform. Yeah. I yeah. have to pay attention, you know. Yeah. And the thing that's really been a huge gift in that is it's in a, two-thirds of the time, it's like people I've already seen multiple times. Yeah. You know, occasionally I'll see new people now. It was much more new people a year ago, but now 
I'm so in the mix. It's like the same people. Yeah. But what's really cool about that is that I get to, you know, I, I know everybody's work. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like sitting through it and paying attention and then I'm editing and paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you right now, you can see a huge, there's a huge gap between, I can tell just by looking at someone, I'm like, that's a person who writes and that's a person who riffs. Right. And the, and the people that riff can't do, I mean, I can't think of one example and I've literally taped hundreds of comics now yeah there's not a person i can think of that can do more than 10 minutes effectively of riffing riffing yeah yeah well yeah because then there's the crowd work element just can't do it there's a way to combine both aspects of it but yeah going back to like the writing like the bit uh the structure the story that's well crafted and written out with jokes you know yeah, the stuff. long form comics are all yeah, yeah. writers, yeah, yeah. and you have to be. You have to be a writer. Even yeah. Jimmy Brogan. Mm-hmm. Do you know Jim oh, Brogan? Yeah, 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 yeah. Old school. Yeah, yeah he's totally old school. Yeah. And it's funny because if you go to his show, you're like, oh wow, he's just like going right into the crowd, and and he's amazing at it. Mm-hmm. But if you go to multiple shows of his, you realize that even even the only way he's able to do what he's doing is because he's got this incredibly well-crafted yeah. infrastructure of like the types of jokes he's going to, the types of entry points into the crowd. Right. It seems random if you're just going to one show, but if you go to w- more than one well, show and because, you study yeah, it, it's you, like, you, start, you see, you, it's like you the, get to study everyone. Cause you see yeah. everyone multiple times yeah. over the course of you know a month or two or whatever. And that that that's kind of a gift in itself, where you get to like be like, all right, for your own your own knowledge as a comedian, you can be like, all right, this they're doing this, they're doing that. This, the oh, nerd, it's been a know. huge yeah. education oh, yeah, for me. Sure, yeah, unfortunately, it hasn't translated into a huge good set. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it will. It will. Keep at it. Keep at it. I mean, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm always like, you know, even even working at the improv, I'm like, you know, I end up watching some of these people over and over again. That you get sick of it sometimes. You're like, all right, I can't, I can't stay in this room anymore. I gotta get out of here, you know. And it's like, all right, I've seen this a hundred times, you know. But it, yeah. it is, it is cool to like kind of see different things that work and then things that don't work, and then they switch it up for the next show. Maybe. All right. So we're not gonna burn any comics on here. So let's no, no. let's talk about who. Off camera, I'm gonna ask you who the people are that you leave the room for. But on camera, I want to know who. If you had to come up with a couple names of people that. If you saw him a hundred times, it, it's still not enough. I mean, uh, still not enough. I mean, even when you know every single bit out of that. I mean, mouth. well, the interesting, like, like Eliza is amazing because, like, every time she goes up, she's adding a new thing. I feel like every time I see her, um, she listens. She's gonna think it's a shameless promotion well, for our show. Is, it is a shameless promotion. <laughs> June sixth uh, at the Bourbon Room, uh, headlining Eliza Schlesinger. Um, shameless plug. Uh, but no, no, but she is like someone that you get, she gets up there and she's got the energy, she, you know, it's like, she's all over the stage. She, Fucking she, treat. she grasps the audience and like, they're, they're, they're paying attention, you know, they're, they're, they're really there for the ride, you know? Um, and she's always adding different things and like, and you know, she, I forgot, she's got like so many Netflix specials, which got like five or something. Yeah, like that. a lot. And that's a lot. That's a lot. Like, in you know, I don't know, over the course of how many years, I don't know. I really, you know, what I love about Eliza's stuff is that I feel like I get, as a man, I get a real window into a woman's mind mm-hmm. through her stuff. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, there's a lot of hacky comedy out there that's kind of like, okay, I've, you know, 
doesn't offer a lot. I get it. It's funny, right, right. sort of on a surface. Her work really. I I always leave a show of hers feeling like I have a deeper understanding about. Oh yeah, for sure. What women are going through, what yeah. what it's like to be a woman. Yeah, yeah. She's very smart. You um, know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's always a good show. So come see her on the sixth. Come see um, her on the sixth. Yes. Uh, <laughs> then get those tickets again at bourbonroomhollywood.com uh, or on our social media pages: Basshole Show, Keto Mascara, Tug Bass Comedy, Wax Poetics. So who's another comic <laughs> that you're? Uh, um, that you just another, can't get enough of. Uh, let me see. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I you know, for me, honestly, sometimes it, sometimes I watch so much of it, like it all like blends together at times because I'm also working, which is a shitty answer to that. But that's, but that's an honest answer. I'd say it's kind yeah. of like watching. Um, you know, I don't know. Like if you're watching like a movie for like the twenty mil- millionth time or something. Um, so sometimes, sometimes you like I, Tom Rhodes. Tom, yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's one I, of my I favorites. I haven't seen him in a while uh, at the improv, but yeah, when he pops in, he's very funny. Um, um, you know, D- David Tell was there this week. I didn't get to see him. Uh, he's he's someone I watched growing up as a high schooler, and I always thought he was so cool and so brilliant. Um, and I, I was pissed that I didn't go in and <coughs> see him. Uh, at the improv this week, it was. I think. I think it's. I think it's this. Well, no, it is Wednesday, Wednesday. This Wednesday, yeah, it sold out. So maybe I'll be able to see him a little bit. But I'll be at the bar. But we'll see. Uh, he's he's amazing. Um, who else? Um, I don't know. I can't even think right now. Um, I have to come up with a list. We'll have to get back to this. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> uh Daryl Hammond. Oh, Daryl, yeah. He's I good. just He's fuck, a great I, storyteller. He is such a good storyteller. Yeah. And I I have had so many conversations where I with other people where I've like told his jokes to friends because I've seen it, I've seen his bits so many times. Yeah. I could perform probably all of them. That's cool. I, I could impersonate him doing his his sets. Right. And I but it doesn't matter. I mean, he... I never get tired of his because he's so fucking hilarious yeah. and his storytelling is so genius and um and he's such a funny character. I mean, he's a really interesting human. Yeah. Um he's one I would put up there. I would put Tom up there too. Tom is like Tom Arnold. His yeah, but I kinda I lo- I like storyteller comics. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of preferential. I, mean, I really like storytelling. So that's I mean that's that's the interesting thing because some people might see Tom and be like, oh, you know, he, he does too long or, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know because I've, I've heard people that I know that I you know I work with they'll be like, oh, you know, Tom Tom with the stories or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, it's not for them. It's not for them. Maybe, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I love his old school like Hollywood stories or like, yeah, he's very interesting stories and it's like and yeah, he has had an interesting career so it's like he d- definitely obviously has stories to tell about. And he does it in a way where there's all these jokes in it, and and some of them are just crazy, you know. So, yeah. So it's oh. like, so it's like, it's it, it is appreciative for me. Like I like storytelling. Some people don't like storytelling. I mean, they just want joke, 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 bit, 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 you know. Or you see comics do like something. I'm like, that's not true, you know. That's a little far fetched, you know. Like, yeah. It, I don't know the people that do that. I'm not a really big fan of, you know. It's just like kind of in your face, and it's like that didn't really happen. But you're yeah, you're, you're doing it. Uh, and and you know Tom is yeah he's a master storyteller and you know you know you can see Tom you know you know where you know where you can see him on uh, June sixth June sixth right? yeah, June sixth at, <laughs> <laughs> at the Bourbon Room 
for I'm a Basil. <laughs> Tom will be a celebrity judge on the judging panel, uh, judging all the comedians uh, with their asshole stories. So, it, it, you know, it's going to be a different side of Tom on the show on June 6th. He's going to be there judging people, which I think he's going to uh, be brilliant at. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, all right. So, is there a time that you were an asshole? Do you have an asshole story that you tons? Had? Yeah. And I, let's see what what was I. So I did the the story when I did the bass hole. I did yeah, the story did about Captain with, Beefheart, with, which with that music yeah, landed Captain. awfully because <laughs> no one in the crowd knew who Captain no Beefheart one was. No one knew the song. <laughs> there was no yeah. one under or over sixty in the crowd. <laughs> um, but it is a hilarious story. But yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. I think. I mean, there, there's two stories that come to mind. There was one time there was a girl. This is awful. There mm. was a. There, there was a girl. So I used to work at this place called Wax, which Wax. was a supermodel celebrity bar in New York City in, in the Bowery. Okay. And it was it was run by this crazy sleuth downtown lounge lizard guy named mm. Nur Khan. Nur Khan? Nur Khan. Yeah, he's like a that was one of his first clubs, but he's like since become a legendary club guy okay in new york for these like super high like my favorite thing even though it crushed me because i love you too but he once uh he didn't let bono in the bar really yeah oh. he kept bono had a fit and he wouldn't let him in, in the bar i guess he had some they got in a fight or something wow and i was like that's ballsy yeah you gotta have some fucking huge nuts yeah, to right? like and this wasn't bono recently which i'm not saying re i mean bono's you know, a, a fading star. Now this was like this 25 a, years yeah, ago. The height of you too. Yeah. This was like Zuropa right. fucking Bono. Yeah. And <laughs> so anyway, and it was a hero of mine, but it's still, it's kind of like, ah, oh, man, that's the, you got to kind of tip it a little bit for someone that's got that nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm in this bar and there were all these grifting maniacs in the bar. And this one girl used to come in all the time trying to get free drinks. Yeah. I couldn't stand it, and no one could stand it. She used to drive everybody fucking nuts. So one day I just was like, that's it. So I, she came up, and she was, I can't believe I'm admitting this on in public. So she came <laughs> up, and she's like, uh, she's like, can I get a drink? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll have the waitress bring it over to you. And she's like, okay. Yeah. So she sits down, and I poured her a champagne, and I took my pants down and dipped my cock in the fucking champagne. What? Oh my God. And this and is like behind the bar or like what's going on behind yeah. the, no, out in front of uh, her. No, 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 of course. <laughs> like, like no secret, secret behind the bar. But I, I did it so that all my coworkers could see it. Cause you know, everybody hated this woman. And so I, I just did. And not just the tip. Oh I just like God. really dunked the whole, I had to fill half the fucking thing up again <laughs> And um and and we gave it to her and like the whole is night she, she's wasted at this point. No, like, this is no, this beginning is first, of the this night. Is her first drink. Yeah, I had to make sure but there were no the type, pubic hairs in it. She's and a, she's the type of girl that get that's gonna be drunk in like an hour or whatever. In yeah. thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. And yeah. so anyway, so I just we all sat there watching her sip this fucking drink and it it yeah it's just it was it was wonderful <laughs> and I feel horrible about it. <laughs> See that's a good asshole story. Like that, that like next time you're on the live show, you got to do that one because like that's it's very short, obviously, but it's a good length for the show. It doesn't need to be longer than that. I'm thank God it's not longer than and that no, story. And no one ever found out about it. 
I mean, I mean no, she didn't find what out the co- about it. What did the coworkers? Oh, think? they were so they were so proud of me. Yeah. They, they loved it. Now, they, did you did you just like do it in front of the co? Or you turn around? I just was behind the like bar. An, I, just, were, I was like, like every, hey, I gathered everybody around. Gather like, around this, and I everyone was like, gather around. Look, look at my cock going to this. Yeah, uh, and they were just like, drink. what the fuck are you really doing? I'm like, yes, fuck. Because everyone hated this girl. Everybody hated her because she 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 was the girl that asked everybody for free drinks. Right, right. You know, and. That's a good one. You know, yeah. it was just like, stop, stop. But then she, she wouldn't no stop. So you now, know. now when she came back for a refill, did you uh, didn't put the balls in? Uh, for the <laughs> no, after drink. that, <laughs> I felt so bad about it that I after that, I didn't mind giving her free drinks. Right. Because she already took the uh, she nasty. T- it was uh, just <laughs> figured she earned the respect of. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's, that's so. I mean, it makes it kind of makes you think like. You know, in the course of our lives, like going out to eat, going, getting drinks or whatever, oh. like what has someone done to something that you've eaten? Dude, let me tell you what they've done. You've know, you know. You oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I'm not kidding you. I used to, I remember one time I was working in this retirement home and there, <laughs> this already sounds disgusting. Yeah. And there was, there was, there was this guy, Jimmy, the, the chef was Jimmy and Jimmy had severe burns all over his face. He was scary as hell looking. Mm. Nice guy. Right. And, um, you wouldn't know it looking at him. And and so he was made he he was the angriest fucking chef. And I remember one time it was like a retirement home for old people. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, an elderly care center. And so I remember one time this there was this awful everybody was awful. All the old people, they were sweet, but they were, you know. And so one night the this one woman was like, her steak wasn't cooked enough. Mm-hmm. And I I take it back and I'm like, hey Jimmy, you can give me the goddamn steak. And he throws it on the fucking thing, gives it back to me, and she wants it more done than it was and so I, I take it back and i'm like oh fuck and i was like jimmy and he's like give me that fucking steak so he, <laughs> he grabs the steak and he had like he had like size 13 boots right and he's a fucking huge guy so he takes the steak throws it on the fucking ground and he stomps he pulverizes the steak with his boot and then chucks oh it God. in the fucking fryer and fries it for like 10 minutes <laughs> and it's like it's like literally well done. <laughs> he pulls it out of the thing. You can see the boot tracks on it. And he puts it back on the plate. And he's like, give it to her and don't fucking bring this back to me. Now I'm 17. I'm a kid. I'm right, not. So you're not saying I'm either. scared as shit about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so you bring it. <laughs> so I bring it back and she fucking eats. I'm watching her eat it. And I'm just oh, like, oh, my God. God. The guy was stomping on this fucking steak with his foot. That's horrible. She had no clue. Yeah. Ugh. No, but I was, you know, like that's why they always say never send your food back. No, just fucking eat it. There was okay. The, the I have another story. So the lead singer, I'm going to tell you the lead singer's story. But before that, this so I the lead singer of the band I had in the late '90s, the Pinks, mm. my buddy. I won't name him. He he drove me fucking crazy because he used to take things back all the time, and of course he never had a real job like that. Right. And so whenever we went out. Uh, to eat, I would always order on a separate tab, even if it was two of us or four of us. Yeah, because I knew that guy ate more cockroaches and f- fingernails, and because he would change the order eight thousand times. And I'm telling you, if you go in and make a bunch of changes, you're going to end up eating cockroaches, spit, all kinds of. I mean, chefs are brutal. Oh yeah, that's you why know? it's like. You know, unless unless the only time I would send something back, it's like if you get something and it's like really undercooked, yeah, and like like a chicken or something, you know, something like obviously this is fucked up, you know, but yeah, I mean, no, you don't fuck with the 
chef. No, I mean, no. you, unless you want to eat a bunch of shit that's not in the ingredients list. Right. So, um, and if you, the only way, I mean, if you've ever worked, you, you only need to work one shitty job mm-hmm. like that yep. to, to witness what happens. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's if that's a nice chef. There's chefs out there that'll just do shit for no reason, spitting right. pizzas, you know, whatever. But um, I'm wondering, like, I mean, I don't, I mean, like with all the cameras and stuff now, don't you think like chefs are more like aware of like I'm gonna get busted? I'm not gonna bet on it. No, yeah, I'm not betting on it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so here's my second asshole story that I've been kind of putting up in in uh, shows lately. Yeah. So Josh, or I bleep that out. <laughs> the lead singer of my band back in the day so he so i was cooking for rod stewart for 10 years right the long story we won't go into now so anyway i i would cook for all these celebrities rod stewart was one of my main celebrity chef uh, chefing gigs and um and i would do all these crazy parties and it was really exciting i'd hire all my good friends Mm. but i had a lot of weirdo friends and I didn't want to hire them because you don't want a bunch of. I mean, there's enough to worry well, about. I get it. Yeah, it's like it's a very specific job. Yeah, and like you can't hire the the person that wants it the most. Or whatever, yeah, you know. No, not if you want yeah. to not die of stress. Right. And so, anyway, so he. But we're roommates, and so I can't not. He knows, you know, about mm-hmm. the gigs. Right. And so anyway, where are you going, Rods again? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, where are you going with the chef hat on? Yeah. So anyway, so. I one day he's like bugging me. He's like, I love Rod Stewart. I got it. You know, he's a singer. Right, right. So I'm like, fuck. And so I one day I relent and I'm like, okay, this is the deal though. I'm gonna give you a gravy boat. Just fucking give people gravy. Don't look don't, don't look, look weird. Don't look at anybody weird. Don't stare at anything. Just <laughs> pick up plates. Poor gravy. Can you yeah. just do that? And he's like, even sure. if they don't want gravy, just give them the gravy. Yeah. He's like, he's like, what do you think? I'm crazy. And I'm like, yeah, just get in the car. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we get in the car and I'm already getting a stomach ache. And we get there as soon as the car stops. He leaps out of the car like a fucking chimpanzee. And I'm like, I'm fucked. <laughs> I am fucked. I'm fucked. And we're at his man. I mean, this yeah, is like yeah. Beverly Park, huge this, 50 this house, million yeah. dollar mansion, you know? So we get up there. And by the way, we're in our 20s. I mean, this is like not recently. This is like we're kids Mm -hmm. practically. And I'm only like a year sober. So I'm like out of my mind on top of being young. And so we get in the thing and I'm just sweating bullets because I know I'm like he's he's loose in the house. (laughs) You don't even know where he is. I don't even know where he is. And I'm like, fuck. This is before you could have like surveillance. A dog, like a dog, like running out of the car. It was the worse than a dog. Yeah. <laughs> at least the dog, you know where the dog's going to go. The dog's not going to stare at people, you know? So anyway, oh, so within five minutes, Rod comes flying into the kitchen. By the way, Rod is the prickly. I mean, Rod's a cool dude, all yeah. things considered, but right, right. he's the most particular anal retentive fucking guy. I mean, you don't have hair like that without being yeah, yeah, OCD, yeah. you know? Thing, yeah. So anyway... He comes flying in the kitchen, steam shooting out of his ears. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, uh, it's Josh, you know? Right. And so, <laughs> poor Josh. I hope he doesn't hear this. I think it's a great story, but anyway. He's not going to listen to it. <laughs> so he, so Rod comes in, and he's like, who is that guy? And I knew. I mean, I had like six other people I right. hired, but I knew. Right. it was. I didn't have to ask. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, you mean, you mean, you mean Josh? Hey, dogs, shut up. 
See, this is the problem when you have dogs trying to do a podcast. Oh, that's great. I love dogs. Yeah. Um, so um, he's like, why is that guy in the house? <laughs> Who let him in? And I was like, listen. So I, what I didn't think of at the time yeah. is I didn't think of a, a reason why. I didn't think it through and, and come up with a good reason why he's there right and here's the problem he was your helper for the night or whatever. yeah he was yeah. a wait he was yeah. supposed to be a waiter right, right you know what i mean how many but, he's the only person you brought with no with i had like six people okay right. but the thing is the problem is this became an i could tell by the look on rod's face this was like this was a really huge problem mm -hmm. he was very fixated on how annoying josh was right, right. And so and and i'm like and I had to come up, like, I had to have something to fucking sh shut Rod down. Yeah, like, why do you need this guy? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. because otherwise we would right. have been packing up and leaving. Right. It was it was very serious, very fast. So I had to come up with something. Like, I had to come up with the nuclear or nuclear or whatever thing. Right. And so in my moment, I was like, Mr. Stewart, I should have cleared this with you. Cleared what, what with me? Like, listen, I'm a part of this program. There's a there's a there's a center for men with mental retardation that I'm partnered with. We have this <laughs> we have this I'm starting to make this up. I'm like, we have this, you know, career partnership thing, and right. he's the resident of the month, and you know, I'm giving him an opportunity. <laughs> this is make a wish. <laughs> I'm so, giving him an opportunity to work. Is that the, the what opportunity is? to work? I'm just, and I'm like, you this know, first job. I'm like, I'm like, it's, a, I, I even threw out, I was like, you know, it's, it's FEMA's involved. I'm like FEMA. really going on a fucking ledge here. <laughs> there's, so, a, there's a disaster. He's been misplaced. <laughs> so Rod just looks at me, burns a hole through me, and then just fucking turns around, and runs out of the room. And so, the rest of the evening, I'm sitting there looking through the kitchen door. All I see is a party full of drunk people having a great time, except Rod is mean mugging him all night long. Oh, my God. And Josh is walking around blissfully unaware that did Rod you, is sitting there wanting to kill the guy. Did you pull him, Josh aside? <laughs> We're just using his name now. Forget it. Uh, did you pull him aside at some point and be like, look. Like you gotta get your shit together. Like, like I couldn't the way you're it, acting. It's, right I, there was nothing I could do. Yeah. And yeah. the thing that was so great about this though is that saying that, I was off the hook. You're off I, the hook. I just yeah. I was off the hook. I didn't have to worry about it anymore. And it was literally the most hilarious thing in the world seeing Rod. Right. Fucking so angry. Hate fucking but, but can't him with his yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and. Josh is just like walking around the room. Oh my god, it was so fucking. Yeah, and hilarious. Josh doesn't know anything about this. He no, he had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him, and he ended up, I'm, I'm, you know, very upset. He but, was very upset. I actually want to meet Josh now. <laughs> yeah, you'll meet him. You might have met him. He's he comes to comedy sometimes, oh, but. All right, all right. He was. <laughs> I'm just. I, I'm. I'm visually trying to like picture how he's acting at the house right now. Like, he's just. You know. Where it's like so just, so off the wall and and ridiculous that it's like, come on, man, get your shit together. He was drawing attention to himself. Right. He's right, just right, acting right. like a weirdo. Right. You know, there's some people. I have another friend. There's some people that can't like maintain. They themselves can't around celebrities. It. They can't handle yeah, it. Yeah. yeah they yeah. get weird. Yeah. And like I had another friend that was visiting me from out of town, and she wanted to. I was doing a Patricia Arquette party. Mm. And I was like, yeah, 
And I give the speech to everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what. Right. Back in the day, if we worked together at a celebrity's house, I, I would just say, you don't take anything. You don't take pictures. You don't right. ask for autographs. You don't do anything weird. Don't just act anything. like a fucking just normal fucking person. Pour that gravy and then get the fuck out. Yeah, just act like a normal <laughs> human being. Like, I'm not saying act like a robot, but no. just don't act weird. You're there to do job? Do it. Yeah. It's like anyone else's fucking house. Yeah, if someone hangs out and wants to talk to you, right. talk, but just don't act nuts. <laughs> so anyway, so this friend of mine gets in there and like out of the corner of my eye. So so Patricia had a pile of crystals and she's really woo, you know, mm. so there's crystals, new age, uh, new agey stuff yeah. all over the place at this particular house that she was in. And um, and I saw my friend palm some crystals. Oh, shit. Stealing. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Now again, it, there, it wasn't like she didn't take a painting off the wall. It no, wasn't like, but, it's but like it, a, it was, it was a memento. Yeah, she yeah. just wanted a memento. A she memento. wasn't trying to steal yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, she wanted a memento. Right. I understand. But like literally that one thing that she did, if Patricia saw that, that could have destroyed my career. Oh yeah. Yeah. One thing. Right. One stupid quartz crystal could right. have like yeah, especially if there's a camera or whatever. I mean, yeah, this is back when there was no cameras, probably. But yeah, yeah, back then it was like but more like, loose, but yeah, yeah, still, it's like Jesus. And I was known. The reason why I was ex as successful as I was back then doing this that. A, this was a catering company that you ran. Yeah, it was a, a catering company. Is over. To, I was I was a, a high end chef that did. You were a chef, and you're and you used to be a chef. Yeah, I would okay. I, for ten I years. See, I didn't know this about you. Oh yeah, for ten yeah, years right. I cooked for. I mean, Rod Stewart, oh, wow. Tarantino. Right. Right. Who else? How um, long were you? Stone. You were ten years. You were chef. Did you just do private parties? Only like private parties. Didn't never worked in like a, re a no. restaurant or anything. Mm -mm. Did you do like cul culinary kind of school? Right there? <laughs> How'd you become a chef for these people? Okay, so <laughs> I guess we are going to tell the is story. That, is that you just fall into that job? Like, so, hey, you know what? I can make of, a mean. I, uh, I'm going to tell you. Okay, this is this is the stupid <laughs> fucking story. So okay, so I was newly sober. Yeah, I just moved to LA. Okay, just got sober. Right. I'm 24, 25, mm -hmm. and I'm. I have a cousin, a couple cousins in town. One of them's a visual artist. Right. And so I would cook. And we're East Coast Italian guys. So I would I would just cooked all the time growing up. Mm -hmm. So I've always known how to cook because of my parents. Right. And so anyway, I would make these hors d'oeuvres for his his client his art shows. Okay. He'd have these art things. I'd make a bunch of hors d'oeuvres and for that for fun, you know? And at the time I was waiting tables at Swingers. Oh, really? Yeah. The diner over here? Yeah. In Beverly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was like my first LA like my, job. That's like one of my favorite. I'm there like once every other week or whatever. Yeah, it was Love there in the Cadillac Cafe. Do you remember the Cadillac Cafe on La Siena? Oh, it was great. No, but so anyway, it was before my time, maybe. That's another story. It's a great story, though. But anyway, so my cousin had this big, got this guy, big, huge gay guy named John Shergan, mm. and he was a textile guy. And so he came to me and he would eat all the hors I mean, literally, I was just making hors d'oeuvres for John. Yeah. He's this fucking it. huge guy. Right. And so he came up to me one day and he's like, he's like, hey, can you cook a Korean wedding reception? And I, there was a friend of mine, Jimmy, who was a caterer mm -hmm. in AA that okay. I knew. All right. And so I knew I knew a guy that was a caterer. Yeah. So he was like, hey, can you cook a Korean wedding reception? Well, I my house is near Koreatown that I live in. Right. And... 
and I knew Jimmy. So in a split second, I was like, like, yeah, sure, I could do that. (laughs) So so (laughs) I asked my friend Jimmy, and all I remember my friend. That's what I love about L.A. Like, literally, like, someone asks you, hey, can you do this? You're like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you fucking figure it out. Two weeks? Sure. I got plenty of time to figure this out. So, so the beginning of a bad movie. (laughs) You understand? We need we need a million dumplings for this (laughs) Korean wedding. Where are we going to get that? Why'd you say yes to that? (laughs) And so, so, okay. So I ran. So I was like, I went to Barnes and Noble. I told Uh, Jimmy, I was like, this friend Jimmy, I did. I got a pan, a pan Asian, uh, (laughs) I got a pan Asian book. That was great. At Barnes and Noble's like the discount bin, the $10 book. And I went to Jimmy, this guy, Jimmy, not Jimmy Chen. And, um, and Jimmy was like, dude, you're, you're fucked. Just get everybody drunk. And I was like, okay, that's a good advice. And so it was a party for like 50 people. Right. And what I did is I went, the first thing I did is I bought the book. Second thing I did is I went to a Korean restaurant in Koreatown. Just bought food. So I went into <laughs> this restaurant thinking they're going to think it's sweet that I'm the dumb white guy is going to cook for a Korean wedding. They couldn't give two shits. They were like, all they did was they didn't care. And they gave me a fried fish with its head. And no help. So I'm right. like, all right, well, that didn't go anywhere. Uh-huh. And so I, what I ended up doing is I made I made a, a Thai curry from scratch. All right. And I'm saying this right now. If there's anybody listening that cooks, when the fucking cookbook tells you to wear gloves when you cut Thai chilies, don't think oh, because yeah. it's a fucking oh. old lady in the picture that you're not that go right through your your skin, right? Or like, I mean, that shit's hot, dude. For three days, I made this chili. And you can't touch your eyes or anything. Well, I touched everything, including oh. my nutsack, <laughs> and I was burning for three days. I almost oh, had asphyxia thing, and so I made this Thai curry from scratch. Made all this other stuff from scratch, and so I get into this party, and these there were Thai people there. Yeah, naturally, I would, and I, yeah, I would hope so. And they're like, oh, my God, the curry is amazing. What did you use? And I'm like, what do you mean what I use? I made it. And they're like, you made it from scratch? These are Thai people from Thailand. And, you they, know? and they loved it? They loved it. Wow. And they were like, you made it from scratch? And I was like, yeah. I was like, how do you make your Thai curry? They're like, oh, we just buy the curry paste. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I almost lost so, my life. So it was a success, you cooking this thing. I made $500. Wow. See, I was picturing, like, you've seen The Birdcage, right? The movie no. The Birdcage? Oh, no. This is the famous dinner scene at the end where, you know, one of the people is, like, pretending to be a chef and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Oh, no. Well, that was me, but it did work. It did work. Because right. I am a good chef. Right, right, right. I, I'm a good cook. Right. You know, so at you, that fig- point, you figured it out. You figured know? it out enough to fool a bunch of Asian people that right. I'm, I know how to make Asian food. All right. So I made $500, and this is, like... Late nineties, that's a lot of money. Right, right. You know what right, I mean? Right. So yeah. I I was like, okay. I bought a chef hat and a chef jacket. And <laughs> you just start walking around. No, <laughs> I didn't walk around. I knew from my friend Jimmy. Yeah. He said, because he asked me, how did it go? And I was like, it went well. He's like, you should go. He's like, there's these agencies in town oh, oh, for like, rich oh, people. Like the uh, temp uh, agency or like, yeah, like the nanny agent, nanny, you know, butlers, they, all that shit. Yeah. 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 Elizabeth Rose Agency, the help company, and uh, there was a third one. Right. So anyway, he's like, go to them and tell them you're a chef. Tell them you're a chef. So right. what I did is I bought a chef jacket and the stupid fucking hat that no up, one wears. You showed up in uniform? And I show like up in Swedish uniform. Chef, you at showed these, up like the Swedish chef? Yeah. So I show up to these <laughs> things, and they're just like, 
get the fuck out of here. You're out of your seat, out of your mind. You're like, you're like a fucking character walking into <laughs> Hollywood Boulevard. I'm a chef. They're like, <laughs> Paramount Studios is there. You're yeah, in the wrong yeah. place. You know what I mean? Right. So the third guy, sorry, this is such a long no, story. No, this is interesting. I didn't know this about you. So the third guy looked at me and he's like, you're full of shit. He's right. like, just you're full of shit. Stop. He's like, because are they asking like, where's your culinary degree? Yeah, like, where, what school like, did you go to? Yeah, I'm like, I'm a celebrity chef, you know. So you're like, saying, get the you're fuck saying out of here. that you're a celebrity chef. I, yeah. I, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. So I thought my edge because I was in a punk band at the time. Right, I thought right. that was gonna like fool yeah. someone. You're like the next Guy Fieri. Before yeah, exactly. Before there was Guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah, this was before Guy Fieri. This was before you're fucking like, Bourdain. I got yeah. <laughs> This was b before right. Anthony Bourdain. Right, right. This is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> so the age of when you're throwing anything at the wall to see what sticks. Totally. <laughs> so so then, um, so the last guy who I'm still friends with, yeah. he was like, you're full of shit. But I love He's it. like, but. <laughs> he's like, I happen to be in a pinch right now. He was charmed by me. Right. He was like, you're full of fucking shit. But he's like, can you cook a turkey? It was like. 1999 Thanksgiving. It was like right. two weeks before Thanksgiving. Right. Like, can you, can you took a, cook a turkey? And I was like, I can cook turkeys, hams. I'm like, you know, he's like, yeah. cut the bullshit, just a turkey. Right. Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. He's like, okay, go to go to this address. Here's the client. He's like, I need to someone to cook them a dinner. All right. It was it was um Rachel Hunter, who yeah. at the time was married to Rod, but they were separated. Oh, all right. All so right. she was living in a house and in uh cold water canyon okay so i go meet her i mean she's not she's like a year or two older than me so yeah. she we were both in our 20s right. you know so i get there and so what i had a two thousand dollar budget and so i was like i'm just gonna hire all my hot friends and i'm gonna i'm not gonna make any money i took the 500 i thought i'd make and i put it into food yeah and decorations and i made this crap went down to to the fabric district and got all this crazy fabric and, you know, and I, you know, two turkeys, a ham, all these sides. You made the turkeys? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, you got I the went, turkeys. You yeah, made yeah, all yeah, the I could do that. You made all that stuff. And then you yeah. had your hot friends, like, serve it. Hot like, drinks fucking friends. Whatever. Yeah. Drinks and food. You're in charge of the bar and the charge food. Charge of everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All night, yeah. Yeah, and I hired everybody. And so smashed it, right? Fucking smashed. It was great. Well, and it because it was all young people. It wasn't like yeah, it was yeah. all people in their twenties and thirties, right, and like right. they were just they're drunk happy, and they're, high. They're happy to be catering and making a few bucks. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I meant the guests. Oh, Everybody the guests. was oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah. kid. You know right. what I mean? Oh, okay. It was like yeah, all young. young people. Right. So um. So what do they know about gourmet? Yeah. They, I mean, they didn't. <laughs> whether they knew or not, they didn't care. They, they were just care. oogling yeah. over the cute girls yeah, yeah. and like you know, right, right. it was Thanksgiving. I'm yeah. like, who cares? Right. But it was good. I made I made I made great Thanksgiving food. Right. So anyway, so a, a week later, I get a call from Rod's assistant, uh -huh. this woman Amanda, wonderful person, and she she was like, hey, she's like, can you come up to the house and cook a test dinner? A what dinner? A test oh, dinner. A test dinner. Okay. She's right. like, Mr. Stewart would like you to come up to the house and cook a test dinner. Oh, you heard so much about your Thanksgiving. Yeah, through yeah. Rachel. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm like, of course, you know. And see, this is where 
being only about a year sober and mm-hmm. being 25, I was out of my fucking mind. It was, I was so high on well, like, the excitement well, of this. Well, it's, I mean, being a year sober, I'm sure, like, you know, you know you're looking for different things to, to do. And, and I don't know, maybe, you know, like it must be challenging. Um, yeah. And then, and then you fall into this kind of thing that's like, oh, this is a great opportunity. It was, I, I got to learn some stuff, meet some new people, you know, jump into well, it. It was yes, it was all that stuff, but what more than anything, it was an adrenaline rush. Okay, it was yeah. like holy shit, like it, I'm like rolling sevens, yeah. you know what I mean? Right, and I was right, like, right. so, um, <laughs> so I, my buddy Jeff and I, mm-hmm. I get him involved. Right. At the time, I had a Buick that was like about a block long. Just, it seems like the biggest scam. Just it was it was the scam of fucking scams, right? The only thing better would be like if like you were the chef, the chef, but then like you were like you were like the start of like the bling ring where you like you know you like ended up robbing like Rod Stewart's house. And, like he didn't know until like five years later or some shit. But that turkey was amazing. <laughs> exactly, and so so we're. As I put Jeff in the car, I have a thing of a bunch of food, you know, and the coolers and I'm putzing up. It was just like this old, huge Buick. We're sitting on a couch seat and we're riding up and all of a sudden it just hits me. Yeah. And I pull on the side of the road. We're on Mulholland. I pull on the side of the road and Jeff's like, he looks at me and he's like, dude, what's up? What's wrong? Yeah. I was like, everything's wrong. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? And he's like, we're going to get caught. He's like, <laughs> he's like, we're going to Rod Stewart's house to cook dinner. And I was like, exactly. I was like, this isn't a fucking dentist named Rod Stewart. This is Maggie May Rod yeah, Stewart. Yeah. This is like, we're going to a, a $40 million mansion. Right. Yeah. I'd never been in a 40 I mean, I've been yeah. in some mansion parties, but this, this was is, like this is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. They were like mansion parties of people that were renting a mansion that was empty to yeah. have a party in. Yeah. I wasn't had never been to a person's mansion like right. this. Right. And I I literally just had a come to moment. I was like freaked the fuck out, wow. wigged out completely. And I told him, I was like, let's just go back down the hill, eat these steaks and not, you know, not answer our phone. Just pretend like nothing happened. Right. You're not, under, like, no. you're not under contract or anything. No, right? no, no. It was just, I mean, back then it was, LA was such a smaller town back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, everything was. This was 99, you said? 2000? 99. This is like yeah. when it was. I moved here in 2003. So, yeah. Okay. Was, so, you were still, yeah, yeah it yeah. was a small town. It was pre, yeah. I mean, internet was around, but it was, it was pre-social media, oh, yeah. pre-flip phones. Oh, totally. I yeah. mean, we didn't even have a cell Simpler phone. Simpler times, yeah. Yeah, it was just a really, it was like Wild West. Right. And it was, it was, the, there were no influencers. This no, is the era no. of rock stars and movie stars. And like, yep. it was a small town. That's it. So anyway, so he finally convinces me to just, he's like, dude, we got to do it. And I'm like, all yeah. right, all right. I just needed a moment to breathe. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we roll up into his house and we get in the kitchen. He comes in the kitchen. It's just so fucking weird for someone like Rod Stewart to just walk in a kitchen yeah. on you. And you're yeah. just like, I'm 25. I don't know. I'm like. Yeah. We're the chefs. What is going on? You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, so he comes in, we we cook and we get we murder. Yeah. We just what did you I make know. steaks? I made like steaks and like, you know, nothing crazy, but I yeah, made yeah. I the culinary gods came in and right. I made this amazing dinner. How many people are you cooking for? This Rod and his and his two, girlfriend. Just two it's a test dinner. Yeah, yeah. Rod yeah. and Penny. Yeah. Penny Lancaster, who's now married to him. Okay. She was right. dating him at the time. Got it. So two steaks, two two meals. That's and like, that was another thing we had to avoid because 
Penny, also not much older than us, was, you know, Jeff and I were cute back then. So we're, I had to act like he was my boyfriend to not get any weird energy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was yeah. just a nightmare. So anyway, yeah, cook this thing. And then at the end of the dinner, he comes flying in the room and he's a little couple seats of the wind. And he's like, you're my new chef. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? Does you know he, what I mean? So you, are you hired as his like personal chef now? Yeah. Well, not anymore. But no, no, I mean, no, 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 not now. No, from I mean, that moment like, on. Like, did he have a chef or was he, he looking had for one? Chefs. He had multiple ones. He had multiple. This is the way it is with those people. Like, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like they get, um, they have like someone who's day to day that's yeah, just yeah. cooking like right. chicken, making salads and making sure that. But you're coming in for stuck. like an event. Like, uh, no, I was like high end, really high end events. Yeah. yeah. You know, like uh, yeah. dinner parties and right, right. birthday parties and, you know, all that stuff. Right. So I was doing, which was really cool. I didn't want to be in there doing daily because yeah, yeah. then you're just making like whatever yeah. roast chicken and whatever they want. Yeah. It's yeah. just boring stuff. Yeah, I right. would, he would call me in if he wanted like, you know, either didn't sometimes I get calling for, for like dinner for him and Penny and right. a couple Co of the kids, Korean special or something, Thai yeah. special, what, yeah, <laughs> special Thai stuff. Um, but usually it was like there would be, you know, like when when he was doing the um, uh, those past masters series yeah, when yeah. he was doing all those old jazz standards, right, right. He'd have a, you know they'd have a huge party for like the new album. And it would be like, you know, eight people, like his manager and, and mm. you know, a couple of his people. That's, that's so interesting. So so you worked for him for how many years then? I like 10 years. 10 years as, as, one, yeah. of, as one of his go-to chefs. Wow. One of them, though, because, yeah. you know, they people course, like Rod yeah. will have like, you right. know, they'll go through. Rotating people. They'll yeah, rotate yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, one time he got mad at me because he, I, he started gaining weight. And he was like well, he, about to go on tour and he was like, he's like, you got to stop feeding me this fattening <laughs> <laughs> and you know actually one time i i got okay so you know sugar i have a lot of stupid stories but you remember sugar ray's album no. where they're on the beach i, I mean va vaguely i i don't know sugar ray yeah so you remember yeah, sugar yeah, ray. i know sugar ray but i don't remember their albums per se well there's one album <laughs> it came out in like 2003 or four where yeah. they're on they're in sombreros on the beach oh okay yeah i think i remember that yeah. so i got hired one time somebody connected me to them and they were doing this thing and they were going to, they rented a beach house in Malibu for the week for a weekend. Yeah. And they were going to shoot the whole weekend, this music video and, and the album cover. So they hired me and they were like, Hey, you want to come to it? It was awesome. I just like lived in this house with <laughs> the bandmates and all right. these girls. And it was, you know, I had a great budget. So I made the craziest food. I just, just made the, the most yeah. delicious. Well, now you're this uh, celebrity chef, you know. Yeah, it was just great. <laughs> it was just great. And and so I'm making all this crazy food and like hanging out on the beach while they're shooting. And um, the third day was the day that they did the beach thing. And they were supposed to do it with no shirts on. But they had been eating so much. Of your, of your food? <laughs> My food. Your food is like so, comfort food, I'm guessing. <laughs> it, well, that day it was comfort food. I just wanted to make good stuff. And yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. they were partying at night right, and like, right. you know, to have all this barbecue Drinking and, and shit, you know, yeah, and I, yeah. the last day I made, um, or the last night before the Sunday shoot, I made like macaroni and cheese and fried, oh, yeah. fried chicken. And I wonder where, no, no, Rod was looking a little pudgy in those yeah. years. I remember this. <laughs> so like the, the day we were, that we were, we were wrapping up 
And I remember I was sitting there in the kitchen. Mike McGrath came up and he's like, he puts his hand on my shoulder. Really sweet. They were all really super nice guys. Yeah. But he comes up and he puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, hey, he's like, I'm never hiring you again. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you didn't like the food? And he's like, no, I love the food. He's like, we were supposed to do that shoot today. He's like, did you see that shoot on the beach today? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, did you notice we were wearing shirts? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I noticed that. And he's like, you know why we were wearing shirts? And I was like, because that's what the plan was. He's like, no, the plan was no shirts. Because <laughs> of the food. They all he's like, we that. ate so much of your fucking food. We couldn't wear, we, could, we were all <laughs> self-conscious. He's like, you're never doing a photo shoot with us again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good back, backhanded I mean, it was, compliment, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, it was that was a really that's, that's an amazing. I mean, it's fun. So, so that, then, then you were a chef for like ten years or whatever, right? What, yeah. What made you get out of that? Like, was it was there? Were you finally like, fuck, I got to come clean, and you know, I, I, <laughs> I lied my way to the top or whatever. <laughs> no, what happened was I. No, it's a good question because what I needed when I was getting in, I didn't, I needed to be able to make a lot of money in a small window of time. Okay. Yeah. So that way I wasn't doing some, I didn't want to be waiting tables five days a week right, right. to make my rent and all that stuff because yeah. I, and I didn't want to have to make money with my art. And at the time I was getting into filmmaking and photography and video installations and every type of art form that doesn't make money. Right. And so yeah. I was like, how can I do all this and have the flexibility and freedom? You have to make money from somewhere. Yeah. You gotta do something else, yeah. you know? And it's like, at the time you could wait, you could be, you know, we'd work all day long at, at uh, swingers make $80. Yeah. Literally back breaking mm -hmm. horrible work. Right. Yeah. You make $80, yeah. you know what I mean? For yeah. like an eight hour shift and you had to sleep for two days to get well. Yeah. So, Whereas like the catering, I would also, you know, chefing, I would also work my ass off like that. But like after two days, I'd have a thousand dollars, not right. eighty dollars. Better money, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or not a hundred instead of one hundred and sixty dollars, two shifts, I'd have a thousand or fifteen or right. two thousand. Right. You know, it was great. So I only had to do two of those parties a month. Yeah, yeah. And That's then I cool. had like side hustles, like I would, you know, bartend here and there and right. whatever. So I had, it was perfect. So I had all this freedom. So there were in that 10 years, I was able to do a ton of artwork that I didn't have to worry about any influences. And I had plenty of time and flexibility. That's great. Yeah, it was great. But it got to the point where I got so good at the chefing and that started ramping up to the yeah. point where it was like, I didn't want it to get bigger because I didn't want I, mean, I wasn't trying to be a caterer, you know what yeah. I mean, or own a restaurant. I mean, I was just trying to make. But you could have become the next uh, Guy Theory or, or whoever. Well, the biggest, there is a regret in there. At one point, a couple of years in, Rod approached me and was like, we should open a restaurant. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was just not like a serious, like. But if you were that passionate about it. and It would have been. You could have probably <clears throat> taken the next step to make something like that happen. Yeah. He was really, you know, because I was, I didn't treat, I wasn't like a weird chef. I was a kid, you know what yeah, I mean? That was yeah. like, obviously an artist. In fact, I used to turn Rod on to like. That's like Guy Fieri. Like I watched that guy's shows and all this shit. And I'm like, I'm like, this guy seems like 
the kind of guy that literally, you know, threw like, you know, chicken on some pieces of bread with coleslaw <laughs> and fucking some spice. And he's like, this is the trash thing, you know? And yeah. Like, and it's like diners, drive-ins and whatever the hell show. It's like, it's like, he just makes shit up. I feel like, and then yeah. people are like, this is delicious. You know what I mean? I don't know if he's at it. I don't know if he went to culinary. I don't know. Nah, if he's probably not. He's probably a hustler. I don't know. Yeah. And you know, look, I mean, your, your tongue will tell you if, yeah, the sure. food's good. You right, know what I mean? Right, like right. you don't need a high degree to tell if especially with like, like you shit. know street food and the food trucks and all this shit nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's you know, look, I I mean there are certain types of cooking that require yeah. intense you know, and if you're gonna cook in a kitchen, yeah. You know, I remember I took one course at LACC and it was when I was in the beginning of my culinary thing or the chefing thing, and I remember I had this maniac Irish guy who was a brilliant teacher, $10, it was like $11 a credit hour. It was such a valuable mm-hmm. class over at LAC. They probably still teach culinary arts over there. Oh, yeah, they always have like, yeah. And it's cheap as hell, and it's such a good, I mean, it's yeah. if you want to get into chefing, that's the way to do it, not right. these expensive cooking schools. No, 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 yeah. But I remember I told him, uh, thinking I was going to, you know, some hot shot fucking get some points from him. And when I told him I was cooking for, cause I was cooking for Rod Stewart at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I wanted to take a, I was like, I want to take a real class. Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of have it in your back pocket. Because yeah. Rod's, I learned so much at Rod's house because Rod's Butler was trained at Buckingham. Mm. He was like serious motherfucker. Wow. And so he was the one that taught me all about the formalities of like high, you know, because Rod had Versace plate, thousand dollar Versace plates. Yeah, like you know, I, you had to know how to set. I mean, I had right. to set the tables. It wasn't just cooking. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. set the tables, get every. It was a ritual. Yeah. So I really wanted to boost that. So I went to this class trying to get some French. And you walked in saying, "I'm Rod Stewart's cook." Yeah, like a fucking asshole. <laughs> like I didn't. Des- the whole class I didn't just deserve, like- dude. I did not deserve for that to come out of my mouth. Right, I was right, bullshitting right. everything, and it was working until I got into that culinary class. And they're like, "How the fuck are you cooking for Rod Stewart?" Yeah, and the <laughs> and the teacher was like, "That's not cooking." He's like, "Cooking is when you're in a in a restaurant kitchen." And I was like, oh, "Okay." Yeah, yeah. They so must. He- they- they must have been like, how the fuck are you doing? How are you cooking for Rod Stewart? Yeah, he he hated me. Yeah. But he was a great teacher. Because he wanted to be you. No, no, he was old. He was an old dude. But <laughs> okay. he just was one of those old, old school. school guys, yeah. He was a kitchen chef. Right. That's different than it's being different a private for, chef. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Private chefs. Kitchen are, chef, you got to go by, you know, rules and you know, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. They're just, they you, you're looked at as a hack if you're like a cater, like nobody in a old school kitchen. If you say you're a caterer, they're just like, get the fuck out of here. Right. right. <laughs> you know? No, but anyway, it was. Well, that's interesting, man. Like, I would have, I, you know, this is this really, I didn't go, the story didn't go where I thought I was going to go. But, like, it's awesome you had, like, such a, you know, successful chefing career. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I would have, I would have, uh, the Korean wedding, I would have, like, you know, bought a bunch of Korean food from Koreatown <laughs> and been like, yeah, no, I made this. And just brought, repackaged it. Panda <laughs> Express. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> Whatever the budget was, I would have I would have went and got good stuff and then just said it was mine and lied like that way, you know. This tastes a lot like this restaurant in uh, you know, on Wilshire. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's what I should have done. But no, and what got me to answer your question, I forgot a lost friend thought. What happened was I I really wanted to get serious about the filmmaking. Yeah. And and and, and the problem was, and you know this in Hollywood, this mm-hmm. is such a fucking problem. 
out here in New York, where I spent a lot of time before I moved to LA, if you're juggling five things to make your art, it's charming. In LA, it's like (laughs) someone will meet you and and what they like, you'll tell them the biggest thing you're doing. But what they'll do is they'll spend the whole conversation trying to figure out what the worst thing you're doing is. Yeah. And then they try to bring you down. Yeah. Well, I think there's some utility to it because everybody's got a project. And like, if you're sitting there saying you're a producer, but you're also like, you know, an Uber driver, right. then it's like, you're probably not going to be able to help that person out. No, you don't tell the people like what you do to make your day money. Almost, no, but they're know? digging like crazy they're digging and like they, crazy. they're going to find out. Why can't you do this? Oh, I got to work. Where are you working? Yeah, yeah, uh, so I'm like at all these parties, meeting all these huge people that could make a difference in my life. But the problem is they're being introduced to me as, as, as a chef. Right. And yeah, once tough. someone's like, yeah. you're a chef, you're never, you, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, no, I get that because <laughs> like, you know, I mean like that's, that's kind of my current world now without, you know, going into detail, but like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you do this and that's why you're here. Yeah. Um, but you know, you also do this and this, you know, your passions or whatever. But I also feel like it's LA and a lot of people should realize, I don't know, like, especially if you're like a bartender or a cater waiter or whatever, you know, it's like, uh, that's not what you dreamed of doing. That's not, that's not what yeah. you went to college for. That's not, you know, your you're passion. literally an actor. Yeah. You're an like, actor. You're an actor or a writer <laughs> or a filmmaker or whatever. You know, it's like, it's like, I didn't come to LA to fucking cater waiter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't go to four years of college and have a bachelor's degree to cater waiter. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's like everyone that's high up on that should realize like this person is not a career server. Or you know whatever. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. That's what. I, no, not in LA. Especially if they're artists, they should know <clears throat> because they were where they were where you know those people we are at some point. You know what I mean? So it should be recognized. I think you know. Yeah, and and it just got to be like I just felt like I had done every. I've been in LA for ten years, and yeah. I was just like you know I I have done everything I can do at this level, and I I just I left and went to grad school. Mm. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Where'd you go? Ohio State. Oh, nice. Got yeah. my MFA. Yeah, I oh, wanted to study with Ann Hamilton. Oh, cool. Who's a conceptual artist that I fucking love, and right. and it, and it was good. I felt like I needed to get out to come back in. So you left LA, and then you came back. Yeah, yeah. All right, very yeah. cool, very cool. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my interesting. There's so many very s- long so story. Many, so many new things I learned about you though, today. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, we do have to wrap it up. Um, yeah, this is but, great. But this I feel fun. like I feel like we have so much more to talk about at some point. We're just we're just yeah, we break, we're again. just we're just breaking the ice on this. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll definitely do it again. Um, very cool, interesting stories. Um, very, very good asshole stories. I think these asshole stories were better than the one that you did, that you presented on the live show that that we did. So I think when we have you back on, you gotta you gotta do these two or pick one or whatever. But definitely yeah, do, do the the, 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 the yeah, champagne the, toast. The dick champagne is very good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that stuff that, that would be that would be a good contender. I think you know for asshole. I mean, it's so awful. It's like, again, I can't believe I did it. Um, all right. Um, well, everyone should know again, let's remind everyone that our show, uh, Wax Poetics and I'm a Basshole with Doug Bass will be at the Bourbon Room Hollywood, uh, June, Tuesday, June 6th. Uh, the first show starts at 7 p.m. Uh, I'm a Basshole starts at 9 p.m. Uh, they can get tickets at uh, bourbonroomhollywood.com. Uh, also, you can find the link to uh, the link tree. Uh, on all of our social media sites, uh, at Keita Mascaro. Uh, comedy. At, at, oh, sorry, at Keita Mascaro Comedy, at Doug Bass Comedy, uh, at Basshole Show, and at Wax Poetics. 
Uh, the link is on all those. Uh, yeah, buy a ticket, guys, because, uh, again, it goes to the charities. Um, portion of the, the proceeds go to Stand Up for Pits and sharing love with other charities. Uh, we're going to have Eliza Schlesinger, Tom Arnold, Alonzo Bowden. Uh, those are just a couple of the comics that we have on the lineup. It's going to be a fun night. Stacked. It's going to be a fun night. Um, Keita is going to be hosting the first show. Uh, I'll be hosting I'm a Basshole. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I can't wait for it to be here. You know, I, I, we've been putting so much work into it just to, to get it out there. And, and, you know, everything's starting to come together. You have the power to not have us live in tents after. Yes, no tents. The sixth. Yeah, you know, exactly. Because we, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to live in a tent. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. There's a lot of tents that are like, I, if I had to live in a tent now, I'd be, this podcast would be in the tent. Like <laughs> some of these tents have like, you know, HDTVs set up and shit with generators and stuff. Yeah. So I guess we will just be doing this podcast from a tent at some point. If, if you don't come to the show, so come to, yeah, the, come show. to the show, come, to show. come support it, come support if anything, come on, come on. You guys aren't doing anything. If you live in LA Tuesday night, come on, it's going to be fun. Bourbon Room's a great venue too. It's very oh. cool. If you haven't been to the Bourbon Room, at least come check out the Bourbon Room. Even it's if amazing. even if you don't like us or the comedy, just come and have a drink at the the Good food. Bourbon Room. Good food. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool venue. It's a it's a music uh, event comedy venue. Uh, oh, we have a red carpet too. We have that's a red carpet that's going to be before the show. Come get a picture taken on the red carpet. You know what? Pretend like you're someone. Pretend like you are a celebrity chef. Uh, <laughs> lie your way into the Bourbon Room. <laughs> Like Kita, you know, follow Kita's uh, footsteps, and that's that's a great story for the show. Because like, you know, this town, you can just uh, fake it till you make it. They say, you know what I mean. Uh, and then and even if you do start faking it, you learn. You can learn how to figure out how to do it. Always say yes. If someone says, "Can you do this?" You say yes. Just say yes. Figure yes. it out later. Unless you don't. Unless it's like you know something you really don't want to do. Obviously. Like a crime or something. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, but you know, if, if if it's a way that you think you can uh, excel your career, propel yourself into some kind of you know situation, you know why not take take the chance, take the gamble. Why not? You know. Um, all right. Is there anything else you want to plug, Keita? No. Thank you so no. much. This right. was fun. All right. Um, all right. Well, Keita Mascaro, thanks for coming into the studio today. Uh, this has been I'm a Basshole. Make sure you follow I'm a Basshole on all the uh, the you know podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the YouTube channel. Subscribe, guys. Just subscribe. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Leave a review. That's how this show grows. That's why we know we're doing it you know the right way and. We appreciate everyone listening uh, all over the world. Uh, so remember, guys, don't be a basshole. But if you are, laugh about it. We'll see you next time. Ciao. You've been listening to I'm a Basshole with Doug Bass. Follow us on Instagram at Bassholeshow. Show. Think you deserve to be on the show? Email us at contact at BassholeShow.com and visit our website at www.BassholeShow.com and get the latest information. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast fix and don't miss the full videos on YouTube. Remember, don't be a basshole, but if you are, laugh about it. We'll see you next time.